Good afternoon. Welcome to Wise's Thing. Happy Cranksgiving. Hell yeah. Woo. I said <laughs> hell yeah. There it is. Okay. I was waiting for it. I was like, where's the turkey gobble? Is there a more anticlimactic sound on that soundboard? It's Cranksgiving. <laughs> it's just such a wet blanket. <laughs> Let's go. Oh. oh really? That's the best you got? I love it. <laughs> love it so much. It's the start of a new tradition here on Why Is This a Thing. For years, we've been trying to figure out what do we do on Thanksgiving. And we could never quite nail down a gimmick. Well, this year we finally nailed down a gimmick. <laughs> not not as many uh, poultry-themed movies as you would think. No. We ran out of those very quickly. There's, we, n- there's no other turkeys? We, I mean, we did two Thanksgiving movies, followed by uh, Poultry Geist. And then uh, I think we did uh, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Uh, oh, Kung Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And it's not anything with thanks in the title. Is that the idea? Right. I mean, we, we've, we've been really grasping at straws over the last, grasping at uh, turkey legs over the last couple of years. And we finally got there, I think. I think we could have found at least two or three movies about, like, settlers killing a bunch of Indians. <laughs> oh, God. You're probably not wrong. We could have done like we could have done like I don't know, Cannibal Holocaust. Which is, is that like, what does Thanksgiving come? I thought Thanksgiving came from the Pilgrims. I don't know. <laughs> My history on this is quite which bad. is what I, no, it's, I don't remember. It's actually extremely isn't Thanksgiving bad. to celebrate the one time we didn't kill the Indians? Isn't that kind of the whole idea? <laughs> but once dinner was over, all bets were off. I think that, right, that's well, that's what I, I I'm I'm told nowadays by the internet that as, as soon as they stopped eating, they decided to just go on a killing spree. <laughs> I don't fucking know. No, I'm pretty sure this is the Pilgrims. I'm pretty sure that this holiday is, for now, free of cancellation. <laughs> oh, God, please don't free cancel. Free from the grasps, grasps of, the, of the woke mob. I'm pretty sure. It, it's my, we, you set off the pod that it's your favorite holiday. It's also mine. By a mile. Yeah, I, I love Thanksgiving. Not so. even close. Not even close. If this goes, it's over. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to have to leave the country. And I'm going to need to find a country that celebrates Thanksgiving. Or I'm going to have to like really get you're into gonna, You're going to have to go to Canada where they celebrate October Thanksgiving. That's <laughs> well, all October you Thanksgiving. I don't like that. What the hell is an October Thanksgiving? I don't understand. Is it exactly the same as ours just in October? I think so. Uh, they have I, football? I, yeah, so they, they, their Thanksgiving is always in October. It's like, uh, well, so the, I guess next year it's October 10th. Hmm, I don't like that at all. Is this say the weird. same? Is it the same? No. Yeah. So this year was October 11th. So I think it's like it's on a Monday too. Is oh, it it's not on a Thursday. Or Indigenous People Day? Did they just replace that with? No, it's just called Thanksgiving. It's it's they. But it's is the it same on the holiday? Same day? Is it the same day as Columbus Day? I don't think so. Was it is an it? October 10th last year or this last month? Pretty did they sure change the date? I think they did. Oh. Everybody's coming for my guy Columbus, man. Your guy Columbus. Everybody's coming for my paisan. What? Uh, I mean, I'm, like, your guy. What do you have a fan club for a Columbus? That's my dude. He's I, it looks like Canada's Indigenous Peoples Day is in like June. Okay. What's going on here? I well, I guess get, they don't care about Columbus. I don't get Canada at all. 
It's a weird land that those Canadians live in. I'd love to interview one of them. Yeah, they just like ride around on mooses everywhere. (laughs) Did you say mooses? Yeah. The meese. Meese? Meese. (laughs) Yeah, learn your English. (laughs) They ride around on mooses? It's the Chineseies. (laughs) Wow. Wait a minute. It's just moose. It's just moose, yeah. Moose is the plural of moose? (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) What? You didn't know that? Yeah, like, look, there's a gaggle of moose. (laughs) You know? Murder of moose. Murder of moose. Murder of moose. A Congress. (laughs) What? Yeah. I guess I've never seen multiple moose in the wilderness before. It's a pretty rare sight. Yeah, I I am I'm not like uh, yeah it's it's mooses I'm almost positive it's it, it, no it's it's not it's, mooses it's not mooses yes I'm almost positive it's not mooses yeah what the hell <laughs> I did I have actually heard meese and I don't understand that whatsoever what is meese about well it's like goose Brian and geese bit. Just, remember that yeah it's just making fun of it meese <laughs> Irwin what's the plural of ox oxen. <laughs> Brian, what's the plural of box? Boxing. <laughs> I ate a box in a donut. <laughs> Brian, what's the pl- no? It, it goes Irwin. What's the plural of goose? Geese. I saw a flock of geese. <laughs> Brian, what's the f- the plural of moose? Moosin. <laughs> <laughs> what a fuck! I God, I love that guy. What a stupid uh, fucking bit. So, uh, guys, it's it's Thanksgiving. It's Friendsgiving. Uh, some people call it Friendsgiving. We don't call it that because we're not lame. friends. Right? No, <laughs> we're not friends. Not talk, really. Nor are we friends. But I thought that this would be appropriate to bring to the program this week. So I'm I'm cleaning out my closet the other day. Um. I found Adam in there, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. He was buried right in the back. Yeah, only in my underwear and sucking my thumb. <laughs> Typical Adam fashion. Yeah. But next to Adam was this um, <laughs> this document, this stapled document, two pages that I did not remember existed. I had no idea that this was even a thing. I read it as though I was reading it for the first time. No part of my memory recalled any of this. Oh, I'm concerned. <laughs> This was written by Nick Evangelista. <gasps> it is what I would consider, I think, I, I, I think you could comfortably consider a love note to me. Nick wrote me a love note. What? I, I, I don't remember this either. What the fuck is this? I don't this? remember what this you, thing at all. This? I don't remember what this is. It's crumpled up two pages. There's not a bit. I didn't write it myself or anything. Do you, I'm not going to have you read the whole thing, Adam, because it's very long. Let me see it. This must have taken him about three days to write. I, I'm just going to... single space, two full pages. As you single know, space. I, I, I can only... I, I write it about, like, You want me to read it to myself? About a no, word a minute. I, no, I mean, read it out loud and just... But like, maybe skim through. Because this, to me, I think is Nick trying to tell me that we need to run away together and, like, get married. <laughs> I think that's what this is. Oh Lord! What is this pun for? intended? By the way, oh Lord! Uh, just, just give me some of the highlights here. Well, the title, first of all, is quite is is quite amazing. 
the the anthology of Nick Evangelista and Nico DiGregorio, an epic tale of dramatic <laughs> and ludicrous proportions. What is this? I don't remember this. <laughs> the first seven days. <laughs> just to I I. I <laughs> Oh no! Look how long it is. Look at these chapters. Let's just go through the chapters before I read any of this. I the swear first... to God, I would remember writing this. I d- didn't remember it either. Life begins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, the the the, the drama stirring up here. The crossroads, the red scarf. I mean, the rise. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Giant freaking robots on top of the world. This story lacks substance. Okay, either this took me three days to write or it took me 45 seconds to write. And you were very high. But it's long, man. It is like there's no, you're not, yeah, single space. Jesus. Give me a little bit. Give me a little bit here. On the first day, the Lord made the heavens and he declared, let there be life and light and in the darkness, provide Nico with a nightlight. Aww. <laughs> what? And it was good. And it was good. I love that part. And it was good. All was great. It was a perfect creation. <laughs> I'm having an out-of-body experience <laughs> you here. You wrote this! How, how do you... Wait, does, is my authorship on this? Nobody else wrote a story about you and I, Nick. This could be. How a, do you know you didn't write this? I definitely didn't write this. <laughs> this, this, this is not my writing. This is your writing all the way, my guy. This could be some incredible conspiracy to to slander Nick's name. It's not me. I did not write this. Go ahead, next one. <laughs> On the second day, the Lord made the earth, and He declared, "Let let there be salt." <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> and let there be carbs. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, this started. Oh, sound now like it's me again. making sense. The carbs was what gave it away, and so the earth was made of fries and saltines and Lay's potato chips, and it was good. <laughs> Would you like me to keep going? Keep going. I want a whole seven. On the third day, the Lord made the oceans and the waters, and He declared, "Let there be soda, Coca Cola, Pepsi, root beer, orange and grape, and most of all, let there be Fresca." And it was good. On the fourth day, did the- we have a thing with Fresca? Was that an inside? I show? don't know. Uh, yes, you did. We did. We did. Early, early. God, that was some Zach days kind of shit. Okay. I don't remember what the joke. I just remember Fresca. We had an being. inside joke with Fresca. I swear. All right. Interesting. Well, this is. Um, uh, oh my god. <laughs> next. I'm gonna have trouble reading this next part. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Please don't belch on the podcast. Yo, they, they do when they're reading this. Go ahead. Oh, boy, this is glorious. Uh, on the fourth day, the Lord made the animals, and he declared, let there be life. And so the lion of House Lannister, the stag of House Baratheon, the direwolf of House Stark, the fish of House Tully, the octopus of House Greyjoy, the bear of House what? Mormont, the mockingbird of House Baelish, and the dragon of the house Targaryen were born and it was good what very very good well so this has to be fairly recent then no no I'll tell you why it wasn't because it ends with happy graduation Nico oh what the fuck your pal Nick <laughs> mm. wow 
You're telling me this shit is from 2013? 2013. Oh my god. I don't remember this at all. I have I don't no remember, recollection whatsoever of this. I don't remember a speck of this. Oh my god. The only is- thing that gives any indication, well, okay, I guess naming all the Game of Thrones houses back That's in 2013, right. that was my shit, so. Right, 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 uh, right, right. But And making fun of you for what you eat. Sure. Yeah. This, but I don't remember this. This gets weird, guys. Un- <laughs> it gets much weirder by the way through it, let me tell you. Uh, this is the fastest read of your life, let's, I'm, I'm let's, sure, by the way. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> On the fifth day, the Lord made money, and he declared, let there be business. No, big business, I'm sorry. Let there be big business. <laughs> and so McDonald. <laughs> My apologies, listeners. <laughs> Nick's cracking himself up. <laughs> Yo, this guy's funny. This guy is, I like this guy. This guy is funny. He's, he's on to something. He's like, this is, this is some clever shit. I love it. Maybe in eight years he'll have a podcast. Uh, And the Lord said, let there be the never ending meat grinder of capitalism. What is going on with these name drops? I'm very confused. Go ahead. Uh, what do we got? And, and so McDonald's was made along with Hollywood. And that's how it begins. McDonald's and Hollywood are the two tenants here. And, and with Hollywood came the greats. Liam Neeson, Al Pacino, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Jennifer Aniston. Brad Pitt, Quentin Tarantino. David Schwimmer, of course. Matthew Broderick. David Schwimmer. I'm not done. Matthew- I can barely tell you who David Schwimmer is now. How did I- <laughs> Wait till we get to the last name on this list. It's a doozy. Uh, Matthew Broderick. My boy. <laughs> Taylor Lautner. That's greats. probably a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and so many more. And it was good. Let's just go to the sixth day now. Uh, on the sixth day, the Lord decided that the world was too mainstream, and he declared, let there be hipsters. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. And thus the hipsters were made. And <laughs> I'm like Larry David trying to meet read mean tweets right now. I can't. <laughs> and? <laughs> Come on, Adam. I'm funny. Don't ruin my timing. <laughs> and thus the <laughs> and thus the hipsters were made. And and Mel Gibson was very fond of them as he was the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do remember that one, Nick. Uh, I remember that one. <laughs> I do have recollections. Oh man! In high school, of us being like, "Yeah, that Mel Gibson's really fond of the Jews." Uh, and <laughs> that it, was a thing. That was definitely a thing. Uh, and it, uh, and it was and it was good. <laughs> oh, it was it was so good. Uh, on the seventh day, the Lord decided that the world lacked a certain humor. The same way a sad, deprived man on the side of the road <laughs> you might say hello to would look. <laughs> what? Uh, and though he would give you <laughs> that, that fake smile and nod, somehow in his eyes you would see a deep-seated pain and you would understand that something, or perchance someone, had gained his trust and misused it. Ooh, it's getting deep. What the fuck, man? And it, this is a love. This is like one of the sexiest fucking things anyone's ever. Read. It is pretty amazing. This is like. <laughs> 
and in misusing it. It's ironic that this was sitting in my closet all these years. You Nick saved was, it. Nick was trying to come out. I you think. saved this thing. Yeah. Like, obviously, he gave it to you, and you <laughs> and you loved it so much <laughs> that you needed to tuck away. Why'd you wait until two months after I got married to bring this back? <laughs> you fool. <laughs> this is going to end it all. <laughs> You've lost your chance. This is fucking erotic. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. So what was... What's that, yeah. Anyway. And in misusing it, they had truly, completely, and utterly without regret crushed him into a million pieces. And so he declared, let there be comedy. And so George Carlin and Louis C.K. and Brian <laughs> Regan and Tickle Fights. The same fucking comedians we still talk about today. Yep. Right. Nothing's changed on that front. <laughs> and Tickle Fights. Tickle Fights. Mm. Again. It's getting sexy over here. What? Very homoerotic. Yeah. And Fart Humor. Oh, Nick, remember all those tickle fights we used to get into? In oh, yeah, school? that's right. Remember that? Oh, Jesus. I'm not going to comment. Let me finish this, this fucking soliloquy. Uh, and Family Guy were created. And Family Guy. Okay. Uh, and somehow Listen, Nico and Nick. In 2013, Family Guy was funny. That's true. Yeah, Hottest yeah. game in town. Right? Yeah. It was. And somehow Nick and Nico were also created, and it was good. And on the eight day, the, on the eight day, by the way, and on the eight day, on the eight day, I, I did, I did. I thought, I thought the Lord took a nap on the seventh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. What the hell is the eighth day? Yeah, what's going on the eighth day? <laughs> it's the part they don't talk about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. And, <laughs> and on the selectively edited out of the Bible, Canadian yeah. things <laughs> edited from the Bible. Oh boy. Oh God. This is incredible. And on the eighth day, because fuck it, YOLO. Uh, <laughs> The Lord decided that he was tired, so he took a nap and it was good. There you go. And in the in the name of the Lord, I'm not done with the prayer, Nick. And in the name of the Lord and Savior, Amen. All right, I think we should stop there. Let's stop. That's the first section of the publish this on the website. For those who want to read, uh, let me assuming that there's nothing that will get me yeah. fired and thrown in prison. Let me do one more <laughs> once over. Um, yeah. If you want to post it as a draft, and I'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, let me. Yeah, let me. Uh, that was a sweet and and touching little note, Nico. It ends with yes, it did. It, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah, me in 2013, though, I was a bastard. I was a right bastard. Yeah, you know? that was good. That was good, though. It, it, it ends with, a, it seems like a, a whole section about the movie Pacific Rim. What? Oh, you what loved that like? movie, Nico. I did love that movie. You the first kaiju movie. appeared from nowhere. It attacked with the speed of a tortoise and the strength of a very weak little girl. <laughs> but either of those things could defeat Nico in battle. So naturally, it came as a surprise. <laughs> With every ounce of effort, they fought back, and by the end of it, both of their robot arms were gone, but the kaiju lay dead. This was when they noticed the kaiju off button. They pressed it with their robot forehead (laughs) and thus saved the world. When they returned home, they were treated with billions of bottles of Fresca and all of the drugs and prostitutes in the world. I don't fucking remember the Fresca. I remember there being something about Fresca. That's all. Nico oh, was quite ecstatic, especially for the drugs and whores. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that bothers me about this is like, it makes me realize how much more creative 
2013 Nick was yeah. than, uh, than I am today. <laughs> but Nick made him feel guilty because those things were wrong. So Nico regretfully declined, which meant more for Nick. I <laughs> let <laughs> it turns it around. And now it's a story about Nick Evangelista. That's, that's where the arc goes. It goes that might back be to the Nick. funniest. That might be the funniest bit in there. That might be the funniest joke. Oh, that's good uh, stuff. It's wrong, which uh, meant more for me. The story lacks substance. Yes, it did. It was a bad story. And that is why you better keep it and live by it word for word. You're talking to me now. Just like the Bible. Nico, I just created a religion for us. This is our story. I swear to God, you wrote this, Nick. Wow. This is why we are here. This is why you were born. This is our purpose. And if you thought the story was bad, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Have fun at Emerson. The college I attended for a year. Eight equals G- D. Jizmark. <laughs> Not bad. This was your graduation note. Oh my god. 17 year old Nick. That's that. That's right like bastard. That's a monumental story. So I, I thought that would be good for Friendsgiving. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember like I don't remember writing that. I really don't. There's 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 elements in there that remind me of who I was when I was 17 and it's a horrible thought. Mm. But and I say there's enough evidence in there to prove that yes, I did write that, but I do not remember writing it. I didn't remember it either. It, you know, I'm reading this thing, I'm cleaning out my closet reading this thing and I'm laughing and also holding back tears as I'm reading this fucking note. Aww. Swear to god. It it is it one of the sweetest things I've ever read in my life. Oh. I'm not even kidding. Like I was actually getting emotional <laughs> reading this. Like eight years after the fact. Wow. So Damn. that's that. Uh <laughs> well, it's the little things, Nico. This it's is what amazing. this is what you're hanging on. It's amazing. It is really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely insane, but it's it's quite it sweet. It's really sweet in like a Horribly offensive kind of way. You I know? mean, yeah. in a horribly <laughs> offensive and, and like perverse kind of way. But it's endearing. <laughs> yeah. It, interestingly enough, like, it, it, you know, to talk about uh, it, the influences of 17 year old Nick, mm. we have to talk about the film we're talking about today. Right on cue. Oh. Right on cue. I mean, oh, it really, it, we could not have uh, segued into my, my past. <laughs> Any influences? Do you relate to Jason Statham's character a little bit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, in hindsight, like 2006 might have not been the best time for American culture. What do you mean? I don't know. Like all the, as Nick hinted on in the note, just like snorting cocaine and shooting whores. You know, just there was a lot of that in the culture. Mm. Grand Theft just Auto like in particular. Family, yeah. family Guy, Grand Theft Auto, South Park, just don't, low don't brow. Forget. We thought nothing of it because like we were 10 and like we just consumed this shit like with a silver spoon and, and our parents had no idea what we were doing. But like you look back on it now, like things were pretty bad in 2005. Do you ever recall seeing people on the sidewalk just having sex? Uh, I don't, although I wish I had. Me too. I definitely two, wish I had. I would have figured that out a lot sooner. At 11 years old, that would have been. <laughs> would have figured out that geometry. That, yeah, I was 10 when I saw this movie in theaters with my father. <laughs> in, in theaters? <laughs> what? Like, can I be clear about that really quick? What did he? What? What my did he dad, think it was going to be? 
No, my dad used to take me to see rated R movies all the time. Wow. Okay. Uh, the Part of the reason uh, movies have such a special place in my heart is not necessarily because of a love for movies specifically, but it's because it was a time that me and my father spent together. Yeah. Uh, that's always been that way. My dad always took me to movies and he would take me to anything. Yeah. <laughs> it did it's... not matter. He would take me out of school early to go see like a movie like Crank. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good dad right there. That's a great dad. So, great... Yeah. Uh and and yeah, this like I mean this movie when I to to fucking ten year old Nick was insane. <laughs> just little... Frankly, to to uh twenty five year old Nick, this movie's kind of insane. Just in much different ways. <laughs> Nick, what are you learning about in school? Oh, we're learning about the uh, independence of India by by England. Fuck that. We're taking it a crank. <laughs> I'm learning how to kick some black ass. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's horrible. I mean, I had not remember. I saw this years ago, much like you. Uh, I did not recall how much just like casual racism there is sprinkled throughout. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the amount of misogyny. Like, Mas- oh my god. <laughs> movie is so much more horribly offensive than I remembered it being, because I don't remember any of the actual dialogue. <laughs> I don't remember, well, like, I remember very little about it. I remember, like, you know, a guy having sex in public, but I don't remember the details. Yeah. Like, mm. the fact that it was kind of rapey. I a don't remember bit. the, you know, I remember the jumping out of the, the helicopter, obviously. I you know, remember ending. the defibrillator, like, all that shit, but, uh, mm. whoa, boy. Gonna kick some black ass. And this movie is so much worse. You're totally right. It is so much worse than I remember it being. It's still a it's still a rollicking time. I'm not gonna say rollicking good time, but it's a rollicking time. I'll say it's a rollicking good time. You loved it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's, it's offensive in basically every way conceivable, and it's just uh boy, oh my god. It's I, some I, fun action though. It's uh, and it manages to be action in a way that isn't like normal action movie. Like well, the action isn't, you know, gunfights and fist fights, and the action is just like I have to like drive fast and like keep my heart rate up. So it it takes like mundane movements, mundane actions, and it makes them very like exciting. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of camera trickery. I I do know that these two directors, Neville Dean and Taylor, we'll talk about the fact that they use their last names in just a bit, but uh, they do most of the camera operation on their own movies. Mm. Um, they uh, infamously directed the film Ghost Rider Two mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage several years later, and did the same thing on that film, and that was like a big budget Marvel movie. Which they, I do uh, remember very distinctly about Ghost Rider Two compared to the previous Ghost Rider. How much camera bullshit was in that? Yeah, a lot of camera bullshit in this one for sure. Um, but you know, it's a product of its time. Could not come out now. I mean, it's only 15 years no. ago, but it, it could not come out today. Could not have come out five years ago and probably couldn't have come out before that. Uh, it's a very 2006 movie. Again, makes you question this generation. Yep. So again, I think I said this very recently on the podcast, but I always think of 2008, like the Dark Knight being the year that like changed a lot of movies or changed yes. like the trajectory of movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that this movie barely like squeaked by before that. And I, I'm got it I, under the I gun. haven't seen, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I suspect that even crank two will be much different from this one. I do remember crank two being the better movie of the two of them. 
Well, I don't. Here's the thing. I hadn't heard about Crank until I heard about Crank Two, and at, at first, I just thought it was this weird little like like VOD indie movie that was getting made. And I because it's not even called Crank Two; it's called Crank High Voltage. And I'm right, like, right. the hell is Jason Statham slump to, mm. where he's like, he's he's hooking his tongue up to a car battery. I, I, just in the trailers, I'm confused. Uh, but yeah, I, I I had really no idea that there that it was a sequel to another film. And honestly, it wasn't until very recently, actually, that I learned that information because I hadn't had like a lot of desire to see these movies, and I still haven't seen High Voltage yet. But now I'm quite excited too. <laughs> <laughs> but like at this point, in his career, I mean, he was he already had done the Transporter movies, right? right? He already yes. done the first two Transporters. Um, obviously, he he already do, did uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Barrels. He did Ghost of Mars with with uh, Carpenter, oh, yeah. Snatch. You know, he was already in like the Guy Ritchie orbit by this point. Um, so yeah, he does this movie that with these two first time directors that call themselves Neville Dean and Taylor, or Neville Dean slash Taylor, as if we're supposed to know what their first names are already. They've never directed anything before, but they stylize their names, directed by Neville Dean slash Taylor. Um, I looked on their IMDb. They had not had like any significant credits before this point. I don't know how they scratched together the money to do this. I don't know how they convinced Jason Statham to do it. Um, I, I know the movie was initially written for Johnny Knoxville in mind. When they were writing the script, they thought to themselves, Johnny Knoxville. So that might. That would be an incredibly bit. different vibe. Sure. The, well, there is a like, uh, I don't know, like a, a 90s skateboard scene feel to this movie. Yes, there is. Absolutely. Also a music video quality to this movie and mm-hmm. sort of it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a low budget look. That's kind of clearly for well freneticism. Sure, that's you know it's it's, it's reliance on post. Well, they <laughs> they sh- they're shooting this film with a with a, a low shutter angle, which mm-hmm. in like um, DSLR terms would be a high shutter speed, and it creates this effect where there's absolutely no motion blur, uh, and that's why like the opening scene in Saving Private Ryan looks the way that it does. Sure, and they're doing this exactly the same way, but it looks terrible but like deliberately so <laughs> well it's an ultra hd is the yeah other, exactly the, so like at saving private ryan they didn't have hd cameras no, they had film it, cameras right so they were actually shooting on film and so that look is <clears throat> right you don't have like the the super like what is it what was it 60 frames a second what was the hobbit movie 48 frames a second whatever it was 48 frames a second you don't have like that sort of look to it but uh yeah this one it's it, it looks like a guy shooting on his camcorder you know, it, it, it looks like a punk, like indie band's music video the whole way through. That's, I think, the best way to put it. Which I'm very okay with. I mean, they they start out the movie and the first needle drop is the song called "New Noise" by the Refuse, which is a song that I love. But I'm like, huh? <laughs> it's it's a it's a great way to like start out the mood of the movie and like, oh god, I. <laughs> This is the kind of film we're getting into. This mm-hmm. like adrenaline infused metal show. That's mm-hmm. the song that starts playing when he smashes the TV at the beginning. And yeah. j- to give you some background, that that is a song that they use for promotional footage for Doom 2016, <laughs> late a couple of years later, right. uh, which is a very like heavy metal game. <laughs> but th- which is interesting because this movie has a lot of video game influence, which I didn't expect at all. Yeah. Um, that's what it feels like to me. It just feels like someone who got coked out of their mind and decided to start playing Grand Theft Auto. It also, in a, you know, 
through through the editing and just like the you know more than real quality of the whole film it kind of like felt cyberpunk e even <laughs> though this was set in the past this was set in 2006 yeah, where yeah they're yeah. pulling out their nokia phones and shit you oh, know yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. before the smartphone this movie but somehow still it felt like almost like a futuristic like dystopian society that we were in in a way with how much they could get away with for sure right i, I don't it know how to kind of interesting to me well the use of google earth is interesting that's for sure oh my <laughs> god oh my god literally what? the google maps logo is in the corner of the shop yeah, right. they don't even they bother blacking it, it i found that so funny <laughs> listen man when you uh, making movies with technology like this is always tough you're better off just like not including computers in any way shape or form because you take the gamble of this is how like people will navigate in the future they're just going to go on their computers and print out maps of google earth and mm. it's like uh, you shot your shot man and now it's like it's obsolete is that why you think they were using it i thought they were using it for more like like practical like quote-unquote logistic purposes because they needed to just show a quick transition and we don't have any money what do we do i mean certainly yeah, but rather including... than rather than getting a fucking helicopter and shooting down they're like yeah hey, we'll just use google maps and just because yeah, it's cheaper but I, but I think putting the google earth in the corner like at the time i remember when google earth first yeah that's true yeah. came out like we thought it was an unbelievable technology i mean we were just blown away by it this was before even street view this is just being able to see like the outline of a shrub in your backyard via satellite image was right. the most amazing thing in the world and then you could zoom out all the way and see the entire globe and then zoom into another random place i mean that was crazy technology in 2006 you sound like uh, Ty Sheridan in the card counter. Yeah. <laughs> Remember how Paul Schrader just caught up to Google Earth? Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of Google Earth? <laughs> this stuff is so cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, th I thought it was, uh, I, I interpreted it as just being kind of cheeky. That's kind of how I thought of it. It comes off that way. Okay. Certainly. At least now it does. Just like, sure. just being like cheeky, low budget. And it's like, rather than hiding behind it, leaning into it. We know what you are. You know what we are. Let's right. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, this movie does not pretend to be anything that it's not. What I think it is, I think these these two directors, uh, I don't know what their background is, but it's very clear that they're good friends with many, many people in the industry. And it's not just because you have Jason Statham and what's the the actress's name? Amy Smart, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just because you have like those people in the movie, but it's just the randoms, like the guy that plays uh, Dennis and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, to yeah. Chester Bennington shows up. Yes, Which he did. I noticed that, too. really blew my mind. I was like, yeah. what the hell is he doing in this movie? Fucking Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was like, this is just this bizarre hodgepodge of celebrities, and it doesn't make any sense to me unless these guys were just kicking this idea around for maybe a couple of years. Like, we just had this stupid idea of a movie where this guy just can't stop running. <laughs> so also, um, Efren Ramirez, who played Kalo, I recognize him. I don't know what from. Did you guys recognize him as well? Uh, I did not. Oh wait, okay. wait, Kalo. Oh, that's uh, um, he's from Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. Pedro. Wolf and then Pedro. um, Don Kim. I feel like I recognized him. I think I recognized him too. Don Kim was the main bad guy. Uh, well, oh, he's in he's in a uh, Men in Black Three. It looks like. Yeah, there there are some there's some there, there's some names faces. here. So they're not oh, nobodies yeah. is the point. I mean, they're not necessarily. I mean, besides <laughs> Statham, they're not necessarily like the most famous people in Hollywood. But they're not nobodies. They got twelve million dollars for this thing. 
I mean, that's significant for first time directors. I, I could see you. I, I could see these guys being able to shoot like a small, like music video style, like short thing mm-hmm. and get enough budget or get get enough eyes on it to, to be able to get a budget. Right. And get people interested. I mean, it, they do. They do have a very unique style. I think yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely mid 2000s in origin. But mm. y- even before that, you didn't see too many movies like this. I still don't see many movies like you definitely this, won't today, frankly, probably for good reason. Yeah. Twelve million dollars <laughs> made back forty two million. So wow. that's pretty good. That's really good. And mm. that, of course, justified doing the sequel. You know, I was doing a little research into the weekend that it came out. It came out Labor Day weekend 2006, which is a notorious dead zone for movies. A lot of times, like, you'll just throw a movie there so critics don't review it in time. And you just hope that nobody notices. And then the movie comes out and it sort of just, you know, dies out and everybody's happy. Um, So, you know, it was dumped out in the first week of September. That weekend, the number one movie in America was the film Invincible. Which I believe is the Mark uh, Wahlberg Denzel movie. Washington. Is Den- no, that's Mark Wahlberg. That's the Mark Wahlberg yeah. football movie. Yeah, remember the Titans is the Denzel. Yes, one. yes. <laughs> confusing your football movies. I am. Come on, which one's We Are Marshall? Is that McConaughey? I think that's. McConaughey. It, yes, it is McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in its second weekend. It grossed fifteen million dollars. Crank opens at number two. <laughs> Makes thirteen million. Number two. I mean, a, a, a bad number, but at least made its money back in 2006. Number three, another movie brand new to the American box office. Nicholas Cage's The Wicker Man. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, what what a weekend. And then <laughs> a weird weekend. you round out the top four. Little Miss Sunshine, The Illusionist, Talladega Nights, Barnyard, the Oliver oh, Stone wow. World Trade Center movie. Oh, my Accepted. The the Jonah Hill uh, oh, fucking, remember that one? Justin God, yeah, I saw yeah. that movie in theaters too. Yeah. yeah, wow. And number ten, Step Up. And then if you go all the way to number forty three, you'll see another movie new to theaters this weekend. The classic Idiocracy. Wow. Oh. Crank Wickerman Idiocracy all hit theaters the same weekend. Damn. What a weekend to go to the American cinema. That's pretty great. What a weekend, Nick. Very Wattat weekend. What a weekend. Oh, my God. Just a, a special weekend. No one's ever going to remember, but that's probably the best Labor Day. That's weekend the best ever. Labor Day of all time. <laughs> oh, what? my God. That's Crank Wicker Man Idiocracy all dumped at the beginning of September. Sam, what do you do if you go to Wicker Man and then you go see this? This would kill you. <laughs> this is a bad. That's a bad mixture of drugs. Yeah, that's that's a really dangerous. That's high. the Beijing yeah. cocktail that's right a, there. Yeah, that is <laughs> a Beijing cocktail. <laughs> what they call the Beijing cocktail. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Nick, walk through the plot of this. Yeah, movie. so we uh, open up to a first-person perspective of uh, Jason Statham's character waking up. Uh, to a videotape or a DVD in his hands. That's how old the shit is. He has a DVD <laughs> and written f- on the DVD marker is fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> which I, again, like I love so that. Funny. <laughs> it, again. Yeah. The video game equality here. Yeah. This could be Fun the stuff. opening. This could be the opening of cyberpunk uh, 2077 or whatever that just came out. Right. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Um, and he yeah, sticks it's, the, it's like hardcore Henry. Right. Right. 
First person point of view. There's actually an eight bit title card too, right? With a beating heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No. So and right away we're in Grand Theft Auto. Did you guys play a lot of Grand Theft Auto? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't play as much as you guys. I don't imagine, but no. But I mean, this movie. I I wouldn't call it quite Grand Theft Auto. It's like well, it's, it's like fairly Grand Theft Auto inspired. It's like Grand Theft Auto meets like Twisted Metal to a degree. Sure. But even that's like kind of a stretch. I don't know. It's. I feel like I have played a game very much like this though, and I can't put my finger on what it is. But I, this feels quite identical to another video game plot. But yes, obviously very Grand Theft Auto inspired. Let me ask you a question: Is it just yeah. cause? Just, Maybe just that's cause, just, just cause, just cause. Why does everybody say just cause? <laughs> just cause. It's just cause. Just cause. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, do, do do you think, looking back on it now, that you would be a better human being today if you never played Grand Theft Auto? Uh, Grand Theft Auto is pretty like mild, dude. <laughs> Especially Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <sighs> The 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 Grand Theft Grand Auto Auto's mild. If you played Grand Theft Auto, yeah, yeah, it's quite mild, man. Yeah, but you can still like kill whores in that movie. You can do in whatever that game. Yeah, you can do a lot of things. You know, <laughs> it's not it's not as insane as like the shit you could do in I don't know, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. It, yeah, I guess it all depends on perspective. Yeah, I, don't I know. guess like, I'm not talking there, about. There's an element of Mortal Kombat that is so extreme that it stops being believable. Okay, yeah. Right, whereas like Grand Theft Auto is like arguably a little more grounded. I'm I'm not talking know. about yeah. like the violence or just like the explicit nature of like the violence, the nudity, the sex, the drugs. I'm talking about the like encouragement of involving yourself in debaucherous behavior and crime, mm. and, yeah, and crime and stuff. Like it, you know, like it encourage you to just run over civilians in the street because it's fun. Right, like this, but that's my question. <laughs> Does it, do you think? And I'm I, I'm not the you know anti video game guy. I'm just asking an objective question. Do you think that it had some sort of impact on your moral fiber? I have never run over someone in the streets or stolen a car. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, n- nor have I had any interest in to, doing right? it or urge to do it after playing Grand Theft Auto or any video game for that matter. Yeah, yeah. It's if also anything, very, it helped me scratch the itch, you know? I mean, <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> no, um, also though, I, I do want to just point out like the Grand Theft Auto of 2006 is so much different than the Grand Theft Auto of 2021 just because of Grand Theft Auto 5. Yep. That game is so different from all the previous ones. Uh-huh. Um, they were a lot more like shitty little video gamey, not very polished at the start. Yeah, yeah, like the th- like the important games, but they they're kind of there's there's a trashy feel to them. They don't start to get like like masterful game level until like San Andreas, and then four is like my favorite. But I mean, here's something to understand too about GTA. Without getting too much into video game conversation, I guess, but. <laughs> like those games were always kind of considered like like the South Park or whatever. Like they're all just like trashy little thing. And then somehow GTA five became like the best selling game of all time. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck happened? Right. It, yeah. it, and it took the franchise from like this like fringe violent thing to like superstardom. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So 
because it got like actors. It got like it, there was there was more of an authenticity to it, I guess. I mean, I mean, th- there are characters in that fifth game that are like remarkably. They took care like, with the story. Characters and the story's great. Yeah, you know, one of the guys who's in it is in Better Call Saul. So, yeah, who? Uh, uh, I think the guy's name is Stephen Ogg. He's the guy who threatens uh, Mike in the f- first season, where it's like you didn't bring a gun. Oh, uh, oh I, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like one of the main characters. He plays Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five, and it's like an excellent performance. I don't care if it's a video game; it's an excellent performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so the only reason I bring that up is to say that I do see a lot of Grand Theft Auto influence in this movie, mm-hmm. but not GTA Five, obviously. No, no, like early Grand Theft Auto influence, like maybe one and two. Got it. Yeah, where you could like uh, somehow jump a boat from the highway and land into the ocean and get and swallowed by a shark, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ridiculous nonsense, where like you hit a car and you're like a volleyball and you just bounce <laughs> off of it and fall on the ground, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Which cracked me up, by the way. And live. <laughs> I laugh so hard. And live. I'm like, oh, it's a video game. <laughs> it really the, is. I the, mean. The pulsating nightclub. I was like, yeah, what okay, the yeah. fuck was that? So good. That was great. <laughs> no, it's like Looney Tunesy though, isn't well, it? Well, this movie is like violent and also very funny. Guys, I laughed like, the whole time. Right. It's very funny. Uh, a lot of the humor is very childish and... Again, much of it is quite offensive, especially from a lens of today. Um, but it's 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 a hilarious, silly, explosive kind of movie. I don't think it ever gets away from you know what it is. I don't think you ever forget about the type of movie that you're watching, though. Like I don't think it ever takes itself too serious. Obviously, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No. So, so so it's not it's not like like when that stuff happens, I'm like, well, that's weird. Why doesn't he just chill out why doesn't he just sit down and yeah. read read the newspaper yeah it's like no have a real conversation with your wife and then your heart will be better it's like <laughs> it's like no so okay so yeah so he he wakes up with this videotape pops it in and there's just another guy on the screen telling him like uh basically hey fuck you we uh we drugged you we gave you a, a drug that's gonna kill you in one hour the high-tech uh, Chinese shit. Yeah. You don't feel so good. Like, it's, like, really, like, over the top. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Not, I think it's Mexican cartel, I would I, yeah. I'd imagine. That's the implication, yeah. I love uh, this guy. This guy's an unbelievable villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just just throwing heat every, every frame. He really is, like, so committed to this role. <laughs> yeah. Um, And basically, he says, like, yeah, you, you're going to die pretty soon, but I wanted you to... Uh, be alive long enough to know, like, who killed you and why kind of thing. Right. And uh, he also talks about basically, like, you know, killing you with a gun, giving you a warrior's death would have been, like, too good for you. I want you to, like, sit here and suffer and, you know. Uh, and anyways, that that just kickstarts everything. Statham's, like, moving as quick as he fucking can just yeah. to, like, he's like, I only got a little bit of time and he wants revenge. Right. And man, this camera work was just like blowing me back into my seat. Yeah. And not just the camera work, but the insane editing. Like this editing yeah. is bonkers, like madcap. No I don't know frame what left doing. untouched. No. Like no. They, they, every single bit of this has post. Done to it. <laughs> every, like really overdone, like very heavy handed. It works though. Like you're it right. Does. Yeah, absolutely. It's consistent but, though. But yeah, this is an instance where it's like every 
uh, every shot needs like 10 to 20 layers of post <laughs> added on it. Yeah. And then the shot works. Right. <laughs> and and there are a lot of fucking shots in this movie. There are more shots in this movie than there are in Fury Road, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. This thing is out of its mind. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. I, I, by the way, so he, when, he, when uh, he discovers this, he calls his doctor. I love oh, this guy. God, it's oh the best. My, this is my favorite performance in the whole movie. Oh, yeah, Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Dwight Yoakam's always pretty great by the way so good so good as like the sleazy doctor that's like in vegas just like fucking whores and shit but i just love his tone oh god what are you doing you gotta get to a hospital (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you this shit's gonna kill you he, yeah, so Dwight Yoakam is essentially uh, so. I mean, we we found out Jason Statham is a hitman for the mob, essentially, and he works for uh, I think the Mexican cartel at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yoakam is his sort of uh, doctor, I guess. But like, he's kind of one of those doctors who works for shady people, like takes their money and doesn't ask questions, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Um, and he says that Statham's character is his best customer, so he really <laughs> obviously cares about him a lot. <laughs> he says repeatedly, you're a good man. <laughs> you're a good man. Chevy is his name? Yeah, uh, that's right. Is it Chevy? Chevy is his Chevy. name. Yeah. Chevy, Chevy, whatever. You're a good man. Cut to the scene where he's having sex with his wife. I'd love to see a comical... Well, they're not... Or girlfriend, I or, say. I keep saying, yeah. Girlfriend, yeah girlfriend. Not, certainly not. They're not married. Yeah. I don't think. After that, they, that's a union right there, if I've ever seen one. It's, uh, his name's Trust. Chev Chelios. Chev, Chev Chelios. There it is, Chev. To yeah. talk about the performances for a second, I'm astonished how good everybody is in this movie. Like... <laughs> Okay. They're no the performances <laughs> for what this is though because I I I'm judging it based off of like the content here because this is just it's fucking ridiculous man like this is the this is the dumbest story I've ever this is cooked <laughs> up on a couch where they were stoned on, off of like God I don't even want to the Beijing cocktail dankest. it's only uppers by the way <laughs> sure. it's it's only just pounds of cocaine and they're like what if we poison the guy but and it's gonna stop his heart. But he's got to keep running, man. And it's like the poison's going to stop his heart anyway. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it, he needs to keep running. He needs, but the poison will stop his heart regard. It's no, but if he keeps running. <laughs> I love the line. Oh, this is medicinal use coke. The, the, <laughs> medicinal yes. cocaine? Oh, medicinal. Is it medicinal? Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. It's. it's I mean, and the scene, like, the fucking product placement, he's, like, rummaging through a gas station, and he's grabbing, like, all, every energy, ener- every energy drink that exists yes. in 2006. Right. You see it. Just grabbing them, chugging them. Yes. It's the best. <laughs> but I think th- this was one of the things, so, um, I-, I don't, I definitely didn't mention this yet. Uh, Nick Cage was supposed to do this. He, he was supposed to be the lead in this movie. He could have done um, it, maybe. And I ha- he had to drop out for scheduling conflict. I don't know if Wicker Man had anything to do with it. If he did, I think he made the wrong choice. <laughs> Candidly, it would have been yeah. interesting we, movie. we would be talking about this movie in such a different context. Oh my god! Well, we right. could extend Cranksgiving to Ghost Rider too. If if Statham does Wicker Man, mm. and then Cage does this, I mean, we're living in two different universes, and it would yeah, um, that's a weird <laughs> switch. That's a really weird switch. So Cage is supposed to do it, has to drop out. Statham is hesitant to take the role because he didn't believe that he had the comedic timing 
or just the comedy chops to be able to do this. And uh, mm. I, I think that's interesting because now we sort of think of Statham as he's always Jason Statham and that is the joke. The punchline is that he's Jason Statham. So when he's in Spy, for example, I mean, there are a couple laugh lines in there, but really the main joke is he's Jason Statham doing a Melissa McCarthy spy movie. (laughs) Um, And and so this might have been the first one that knew it, that sort of there was an awareness to the fact that he was cast here. But I actually think he's really good at comedy. Yes. I I actually think like he's really good at delivering these lines. And it's kind of interesting that he doesn't think of himself in that vein, whereas you look well, at someone like Nicolas Cage, for example, who is good in comedies if properly cast. Mm. But I think he thinks that he's really good in comedies. <laughs> like, I think he thinks he's Eddie Murphy. And that's part of the reason why a lot of his comedies don't work. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if part of being good at comedy is, you know, uh, a little less hamminess and like a little more earnestness do you know what i mean yeah i forgot who said it but i I, there's there's this movie you know it might have been honestly was the zucker brothers and they just found it so funny that like leslie nielsen would just deliver his lines as straightforward as possible in this absurd comedy like like airplane and or or even the naked gum movies but a little less so it's more prevalent to airplane because he is not really doing much shtick beyond the Leslie Nielsen thing, but in the context of that world, it's really fucking funny. Right. There's there's earnestness to that. Um, Do you think that's the case here, though? Well, I don't know. Okay, so using the airplane example, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is really good in airplane. Mm. But I I think, like, he's really good in airplane because, like, he just comes on and does the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing. I don't think, like, he comes onto the set and is like, I'm going to do, like, my Steve Martin here. Like, I'm going to do my Jerry Lewis here. I'm going to do my Peter Sellers here. Yeah. Um, Like, there are a very limited amount of comedy geniuses that can come. Like, I think, like, here's another one. I think Jared Leto's like that. (laughs) <laughs> I think Jared Leto's the type of guy that shows up and is like, I am here to to carry on a long tradition of like American funny men. And it bombs. Obviously, it bombs because when you take yourself too seriously, that's inherently not funny. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the self-seriousness inherently isn't funny. Um, and I, I, I wonder if Statham just sort of coming in and not being too in on the joke helped him. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't... Well, we're sure he's not in on the joke. Well, I don't necessarily find Statham to be the funniest parts of this movie. I I think that, like you said, Statham playing Statham in this world is what makes it funny. He's comfortable playing the straight man, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, he's not doing too much shtick. But the straight man that he plays is often quite absurd and ridiculous. Yeah, but and I he's think, just reading the lines. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just, yeah. he's reading the lines as Jason Statham, and then the world around him, the you know the Dwight Yoakam, yeah, the no. Amy Smarts or whatever, are doing all the heavy lifting around him. But he's sort of he's allowed to be the sun in this universe. Well, know? that's how you. But that's to me is how you're using him to be funny. The movie's not nearly as funny if you don't have that very stiff focal point. Yeah, that ki- kind of seriousness. Even though I do think he is occasionally funny, but again, he is funny because of his uh, Statham isms. Yeah, he knows that that it's supposed to be a comedy, and he knows that Absolutely. he's supposed to play funny. But I I do think his ego isn't getting in the way. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, he's showing up on set, and he knows, like, listen, I'm not Peter Sellers. I'm not here 
to like you know to 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 give like a brilliant comedic performance i'm just here to play myself and i trust the people around me and i trust the directors to make that funny mm-hmm. do you know yep. um like i i think that's sort of what i find endearing about him and what i don't find endearing about people like say the rock now or ryan reynolds we were just talking about red notice last mm, week yeah. like those are people that think they're really funny those are people that think that like their shtick is something people are hungry for and i guess people are hungry for it so you know a joke's on me i guess but yeah. um yeah it, it does suck because like you know if the rock went up and did a fucking comedy special it would bomb it would be terrible yeah. he's mm. not funny yeah at all you know so it's it does suck that they can get cast in like so-called comedies and they make money. It's unfortunate. Are they just ignorant? Is that what it is? Well, I think they're really successful. So I mean, I don't think it matters what we think. I don't care, frankly. That's you know, not, like I like. Well, that's not what I'm asking though. Yeah. Like, is it's a it's more of a question of like, are they? It, yeah, it could just be their egos getting in the way, and they think they can kind of pull off anything. Well, which they can though, according to the box office, they can. I mean. I'm just I'm kind of I'm uh, I'm sentimental, I guess, toward yeah. the action stars like Jason Statham, who seem to be kind of, um, I guess, apprehensive about their own success. Does that make sense? Even though Statham now is in that same category. I mean, he's I guess, he's in yeah. the Fast and Furious movies and like he has in his claws that he can't get beat up by The Rock a certain number of times. Yeah, but. there's a certain amount of integrity with someone like Jason Statham that isn't there with the Ryan Reynolds or particularly The Rock. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you see that in the media, too. Like, there's just a lot of things that The Rock has done with his image that I'm like, what? like, get out of your own ass, man. Fuck sure. off. Right. You know, I've never really had that impression with Statham. There's that weird charm to him. Him that I just find so endearing and a lot of it is because he seems to know what he is no, but he, yeah. there's not a lot of wink there I mean with with the rock the rock is always winking at you he's always like listen guys I'm well, the biggest star in the world and I make stupid movies but I know they're stupid movies <laughs> and I'm letting you know that I know they're stupid movies and that's what annoys me about his performance not to go back to the whole Vin Diesel debate but that's the reason why I find Vin Diesel so endearing and I find the rock so angering it is like uh, the Rock is always like couching his success under this, you know, guise of like, yeah, I, I'm actually way smarter than everybody thinks I am, mm. and like, I know that these movies are dumb, and I'm just like robbing the public blind, but I'm gonna keep making them. Whereas Vin Diesel is passionate about them and is playing them straight, and a lot of the comedy comes from him playing it straight. I don't find Vin Diesel funny though. It's the it's the kind of the big difference. I don't find that guy funny whatsoever. That's that's it's no charisma for Vin Diesel whatsoever. How dare you? <laughs> Guy's boring as fuck. He's you don't think he's funny as Groot? <laughs> he's sweet. The way he delivers those lines. I all, all those all those complicated <laughs> no, but lines. That is a good example though. That is actually a good example because James Gunn is able to harness his power for legit comedy in those movies. Yes. Uh, Vin Diesel actually is pretty funny. If you see him in context outside of what he's cast in. Sure, sure. Yeah. He's I think the problem with Vin Diesel is he's typecast. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I really think that's what it comes down movie, to. But like, ugh, no thank you. I need to see that. Yeah. Apparently it's it really bad. Yeah, I haven't but, seen it yet. No, I, I like from from my perspective, at least from someone like Jason Statham, and I think it's because he's done work with Guy Ritchie too. I I don't know. I've always seen a wink in the stuff he does, but it's a little more invisible than something like uh, The Rock, for example. Yeah, I, I guess the choices would indicate that he's in on the joke. But yeah, I like yeah. Even so, like his performances though, it doesn't come out. 
It 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 doesn't. It he never seems above the material. Like no, 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 no. I agree with that. But the yeah. Rock is always above the material. Well, he thinks he's above the material, right? You know, and it's like, no, you're not, dude. Yeah. And it's like, and as a result, you're making shit movies. Mm-hmm. Like a Jungle Cruise suffers because you think you're better than it. You think that it's right. just a ride, a, you know, a Disney movie based on a ride, which is true. But it's like, listen, Johnny Depp did those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, played it 100 straight, and those movies had great success, even though it was based on the same sort of IP mm-hmm. like Johnny Depp approached those films as an actor like you're an actor when you, when you're in when you're cast in a movie when you're doing your work you have to do it 100% um and that's what bothers me I just you know, I and, don't and like the agree lack with of the, earnestness with these movies to a degree with The Rock there was always uh, a bit of that for him though even when he was a wrestler and you could talk about the wrestling sure. industry and how it's like it is publicly artificial mm. You know, and, um, you know, he came from he's a third generation wrestler where the previous two generations were uh, existed at a time where professional wrestling was believed to be real. Right. Before it before Vince McMahon took over and it became a publicly artificial entertainment only sort of thing. So that's the world The Rock grew up in. Right. So he's always had a bit of a. Uh, artifice to him, I guess. And, and now, so The Rock is considered like the greatest wrestler of all, all time, right? It's like him and Hulk Hogan. Greatest wrestler? Well, professional wrestler. Well, I don't know. Pe- people have always, he's always been very popular. Right. He, he's in the, he's on the Mount Rushmore, right? But like, a, a, when I Arguably. listen to, yeah, when I listen to wrestling fans debate this, you know, they'll say Hulk Hogan, they'll say Andre the Giant, they'll say The Rock, whatever. They always sort of use language like you know he had really good gimmicks mm. uh like he was a really good performer he knew how to work a crowd you know like ways that you would measure the sort of effectiveness of a rock star not the effectiveness of an athlete you wouldn't discuss it as like this guy won like 10 wrestlemanias yeah. in a row um you know you would always say how does he deliver the line how does you know how how it's, is it's, he able to i mean wrestling professional wrestling is a soap opera mixed with yeah. dancing right yeah. it's, <laughs> you know it's more superficial. I don't know if The Rock is as interested in like the craft as as much as someone like Dave Batista is. Right. Dave Batista's turned into a really great actor. Strangely. Because I think Batista yeah. <laughs> saw the difference. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. saw that this doesn't translate perfectly. Right. <laughs> and he had a few bombs. The yeah. Rock didn't, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. was kind of just brought into, you know, he's never been The Rock has never been brought into a role where he could fail. Right? Sure. It's sort of been manufactured around him in a weird way. He's manufactured to succeed. Yeah. yeah. He he literally I mean you they would not put him in a role that will fail. What was his and first also, what was his first movie? The Rock, The Scorpion King? Or Mummy Returns? Uh, Probably the Mummy Returns. One of them, yeah. I he, he my, was my point is he was always brought into a series that had previous IP that they knew was going to succeed. Yes, exactly. A lot of times, a, a lot of times, they would just bring him in just to like inject the series with juice. Like the mm-hmm. the first GI Joe movie was a bomb, and they're like, "How do we fix the second just one? Let's just the put rock. the rock in it." And, it's and he is charismatic for sure. Yeah, he is. But I, I, I kind of, I'm interested in this, like this, this conversation here of like, as you said, professional wrestling, it, they celebrate artifice. Mm. You know. Like, like there, you are considered great in wrestling if you are able to communicate something that is inherently fake. Whereas acting is, although it is, of course, all artifice as well, although you are pretending to be something that you're not, 
the people that are considered the best at it are the ones that are able to communicate an inherent truth. Do you know what I mean? That are able to sort of communicate something about humanity through lies. Um, And I guess someone like Batista is more interested in the truth, whereas Dwayne is more interested in the lies. Do you know what I mean? And ironically, Batista was sort of like an underwhelming entertainer in, in wrestling. Yeah. He was he was popular because he was big. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and scary that's looking. The, yeah, because I remember watching wrestling in Batista's heyday. Oh, yeah, I like saw what, that too, yeah. And uh he was just a big dude who could throw you on the ground really hard. That mm-hmm. was his whole image. Mm-hmm. He oh, had he's no a really good actor. He but had no character. But like if you think about like someone like like a lot of the movies that Bat- Batista has done, I find very interesting because he's Again, sort of speaking to what you said about truth, when he sees something real in a character, it doesn't matter if that character is a supporting role or a lead or a character that dies in the first 10 minutes, like in Blade Runner 2049. It's one right. of the best characters in that movie, frankly. Yeah. Oh, and it's awesome and it, that movie. And it's so good. And yeah, he dies immediately. He's but so it, good. But that's what it, the fact that he has the courage to do that as like a superstar. Yeah, could you imagine you The know? Rock showing up? At he wouldn't movie do it. And, no, he yeah, just wouldn't do it. Killed off in the first 10 minutes. That would be insane. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. But wouldn't that make a pretty profound impression? He's an excellent actor. Yeah. I fucking love that guy. Batista's the best, dude. Yeah. He's just the best. I mean, there isn't another professional wrestler that comes close in terms of acting, right? Well, that Roddy guy. Roddy Piper, I That guess. guy in Frogman, whatever. That guy, <laughs> yeah, Roddy that, Piper. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> Roddy Piper was like one of the original like wrestling to actor kind of guys. And, right. And I do like R- Roddy Roddy Piper as, as <laughs> well enough as an actor. Anyway. Andre the Giant, I suppose. It was pretty <laughs> great. Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Right. Great in that movie. That's a great role. Uh, I love that character. But again, they kind of just cast him because he's big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it works, but. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Where were we? Dwight Yoakam. I guess. I, yeah. I think it started with like I I was I I was cut off when I was talking about the, how much I like the performances. Oh, right. But I'm talking about like I like the performances in the way I like performances in a good comedy. Mm. That's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not judging this as like a drama at all. It's more like how do they understand the material? How do they use it to their strengths? And that's kind of what makes these performances so good because it seems like everyone is very well tuned into the part they have to play. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anyone's really dragging the film down because I need to make this a film now it's mm. like just play your part <laughs> and i think they're really really good at understanding that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so, so um so yeah i mean we'll kind of just try to try to cover all the bases of what happens here so um in order to he's trying to find the guy who drugged him um and he has a buddy on the street um who is kind of like being his eyes, just looking out, trying to locate him. And he finds the guy's brother. <laughs> so Satham goes and um, basically goes to kill his brother. Um, and like this action scene is really fun. <laughs> he comes out with like a kitchen knife from the back of a kitchen while the guy's a in an alleyway. A meat cleaver. A meat cleaver and cuts off the guy's arm that's holding his gun. That's the start of the fight. That's right. how the fight starts. <laughs> And then they're just like on top of each other, like brawling in like a pile he, of garbage. He's punching him with a stuff. With the stuff, he hits. Oh my god! The this pavement hurts so bad when he hit the pavement with his stuff. Oh, oh ah! god! <laughs> a fleshy stub. It's terrible. Oh, um, and then his buddy Kalo comes out and hits him with a fucking rolling pin. <laughs> and so the guy I love gets Kalo. 
Kalo's so funny. Kalo's great. I love the the scene where like he calls him. Where were you last night? And he go, and he's like reminiscing. Family Guy flashback. Yeah, Family Guy flashback. <laughs> and he's like snorting coke off of whores. And like there's like it, I think they're at a gay club. It seems like yeah. Kalo seems pretty. I don't know, maybe he goes both ways. I don't know what his deal is. But uh, it's just a debaucherous night. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a time. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> well, he's also, like with, when he's at the taco truck. Oh, God. <laughs> Kayla's funny as fuck. I like that actor. He's yeah, not yeah, in like, anything. But, no, like, he really isn't. It's a shame. He's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, uh, and he is in the sequel, by the way. Um, he is? Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Uh, so it's Dwight Yoakam. Uh, they bring, Dwight uh, Yoakam's back? Amy Smart is back. Yeah, they bring really? back like everybody. Wow. Because it takes place, I think, literally minutes after. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that movie now. Maybe I'm just remembering the trailers. Because I, I do remember him like shocking himself with I a mean, car battery. The poster is literally that scene. Okay. That's like the scene that the whole movie is like represented by. So Yeah, I don't remember now. I have to say, guys, um, this movie is my, my biggest criticism is that it's very unrealistic. <laughs> I, I did, I did have an issue with the the physics in in this movie. And oh, yeah, the, the physics. I'm not, I'm not sure. I I buy uh, how many drugs that this guy takes. You know, unlike the Human Centipede, very realistic. Right. It is not 100% medically yes. accurate. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, unfortunately, we cannot consider this for the Oscars, but yeah, 100% medically. <laughs> I mean, the, so yeah. Let's. I mean, if we wanted to like list the off, the best is the sequel. The Human Centipede of Two is one hundred percent medically inaccurate. Uh. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's funnier than the whole movie. It's the tagline, right? <laughs> there's sometimes there's movies where people just understand marketing, man. Oh it's yeah, so good. There, some movies are easier those. to sell than others. Whoever wrote those, so good at their job. What's we've talked about this before? What I think we have anyway. What's the best movie tagline? Uh, was it? S- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the title of the movie. <laughs> um, my favorite is um the film "It's Alive" from 1974. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. This is the best tagline you've ever heard. Ready, Nick? Yeah. There's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. Mm. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. How great is that tagline? That's, a, that's freaky. That's the best. It's not even close. That is number one with a bullet. It manages On- to be like really interesting and intriguing. And oh. There's oh. only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. It's funny on that podcast you sent me a little while ago where they were dis- uh, discussing the films of John Carpenter. Yeah. They... Uh, they basically concluded that uh, uh, the night he came home was the best tagline, which is not a bad one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. The yeah. night he came home is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, who's he? Yeah. Yeah. The night. What night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and coming home. What? <laughs> what good. is happening? It's so good. ominous. It's good. <laughs> it's alive. That is a good one, though. <laughs> it doesn't get much better. Yeah. So Great scene, though. That scene. Yeah, so I mean, if we were to like kind of list off like all of the ways that essentially, you know, eventually Statham's, uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Statham, Chelios's uh, doctor calls him and says, you need to keep your heart going, you need epinephrine, some drug, you basically need to like keep the adrenaline pumping in order to stay alive. So the amount of ways that he like just keeps himself going, including speeding, Mm. energy drinks, cocaine, Mm -hmm. uh, medicinal use, 
medicinal use, of course. Um, Haitian shit. Haitian shit. It's Haitian shit. I love that. Okay. Um, the cabbie with the Haitian shit. Of course, I, like, I love that in this movie, they throw like text on the screen just randomly. Just to like ex- accentuate I, I what they're saying. I do like too when he's on the phone and like they they superimpose the image of the other guy on the phone like in the car mirror or on the wall. That's good shit. Uh, they do they do their split screens and their oh, I mean split screens. They Some really screens. are Jeez. this this movie is incredibly efficient. That's another thing that like they're it, they're it, I don't know short. It, it's they're, less than an hour and a half. Yeah, there is I would argue a a paranoia about being boring like the filmmakers are terrified of this movie being boring to the point where every time it slows down it feels like the filmmakers are aware that it's slowing down and like we gotta go Mm -hmm. and (laughs) then the movie goes but that's also it it also that's how statham's character that's how shelios is like every time he's slowing down he's like fuck i gotta go he's ends up like uh stealing uh a, a motorcycle from a cop Riding the motorcycle and standing up on it, like T posing <laughs> before T posing was a thing. Now I have to ask something here because this was confusing to me, and I, I I'm convinced they did it just for the gag, just because on set they're like, Jason, we need to see your ass. Mm, I loved see- every fucking time you see his ass in those hospital robes. It is the funniest. Why does he have all of the clothes? <laughs> why does he wear the? Why, why did why, exactly? Yes, it's a disguise. He, he, yeah, he put on the hospital robe, but it works disguise. for five seconds. It, it, it does not work long at all. He walks. <laughs> he walks past the door with the cops, and they recognize him immediately. Immediately, <laughs> immediately and they begin chasing again. after him. And you realize, oh wait a minute, he really like bought into this disguise because he's stripped <laughs> down completely nude. Yes. He's ass naked, <laughs> completely nude. I think uh, he, he did have shoes on. He did have, he did shoes, have shoes. So there we he go. He does drive his car through a mall. That's so funny. It's the best. And <laughs> the funniest part about it is that when he goes through the building, he's on the phone. And the you, there, first off, there's no indication to us that he's about to drive into a building. Right. We see him from the side where he's on his phone, and then all of a sudden, boom, and he crashes into something. Yeah, I think you hear a crash. I don't even think, like, you see where he is at that point. You hear a crash, and you can kind of see that he's inside now. (laughs) It's the, God, it's the funniest editing, because he's talking with Dwight Yoakam on the phone, and it's it's a smash cut to him in just debris flying all over the car <laughs> right. there's people running past him because we don't actually see the crash into the mall hmm. we just cut to it and, and we're like oh my god he's driving through a mall right. <laughs> and then and he says i'm driving through he's a mall. being chased by the cops too <laughs> yeah. completely to the point monotone that the entire time yep he, he crashes flips his car perfectly sideways onto an escalator going Bounce. up and his car's just going up now and he gets out and he starts sprinting <laughs> um God, what else does he do to like stay? Oh well, yeah, he uh, uh, fucks his girlfriend in public. Uh, kind of rapey. Um, kind of rapey. Mm, kind of Not- rapey, but she's into it by halfway through. Yeah, right, right. It's still really um, into it. No, she was she was in- enjoying that public fornication. Certainly, he mm. holds a gun to the head of uh, Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Poor Dennis, <laughs> and forces him to uh, shock him with those like paddles. At the uh-huh. hospital, defibrillator. Yeah, yeah. He, he sticks hu- his hand in a, a waffle maker. Right, oh. cooks his hand in a waffle maker. Right. Yeah. What Huffs happened? Oh, nasal I burned my spray. Hand. 
Oh God, the with epinephrine in it. Apparently, yeah. Right. yeah thanks, Chester Bennington. Thanks. For that, yeah, that was Lincoln the fuck. That was so funny. I was like, "What is he doing here?" Jesus. But of all people, I was like, "That's not in good taste." <laughs> he well, problems? yeah. Oh. Well, Prison I mean, this was 2006. He obviously signed on to the role, right? But <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it, it's one of those things that, from the lens of today, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, I mean, there. I think there are some movies where, like, there were explosions happening, and you can see the twin towers in the background, and like it was before two thousand and one. So obviously, oh, yeah. it was just like, oh, explosion in New York. Whereas today, <laughs> they've actually in a lot of movies gone back and edited out the towers for th- for scenes like that. I was watching Sam Raimi's Spider Man, the first one, uh, not so long ago, because in the trailer. There's the shot. There's a great yeah. shot with the twin towers, but it zooms out of Spider-Man's eye, and you can still see the twin towers in the eyeball. So I wanted to check when that shot happens in the movie if you can still see the twin towers in his eye, because that part of the shot, the zoom out from the eye, does happen. Mm. And yeah, sure enough, yeah, the twin towers were in his eyeball. Interesting. It's like, ooh, okay, yeah. that's a little Easter egg there. That's kind of neat. Huh. Yeah, so, but it came out after 9/11. After, yeah, it was yeah. the fall of 2001. 2002, I think. Yeah. Okay. Really quick aside, if you ever do go to the um, 9-11 Memorial Museum Ooh. in New York City, it is an incredible museum. Three of us went t- together. Yep. We, yeah, we, we've gone together. Oh, yeah. um, I've yeah. gone a couple times. They do have a whole little um, room dedicated to films and the Twin Towers being featured or notably not featured in films. Mm. So that is an interesting little uh, thing to check out. Yeah, um, if you ever get yeah. a chance, I highly recommend that museum. Unbelievable museum if you yeah. want to really weep sobering. uncontrollably yeah. for an entire afternoon. Yeah, that's. I do have an issue with the design of the uh, <laughs> with the exterior. Con- you know, the little white complex that kind of goes like this. It's a the weird. Mall. It's a mall. Yeah, that the... The... yeah, that shopping yeah. center. Yeah, it looks like a vagina. <laughs> Does it? It's. Yeah, it looks like, like you're emerging yeah. from one maybe yeah. yeah it looks like a vagina the and then you go inside and you're like oh it really looks like a <laughs> vagina <laughs> the museum is great but the external structure that white thing looks like fucking uh yeah, mrs barone's sculpture from everybody loves raymond technically so. not part of the museum that's just uh that's the mall but yeah yeah it's like okay. yeah the new world trade center i think they call it or something yeah, yeah one world trade center <laughs> It's very um, gynecological. <laughs> Jesus. What's the name of the guy that drew us the doodle? <laughs> what? Remember that guy? Oh, God. That's, we got in a conversation yes. with the guy for like an hour. The guy was fu- it wouldn't stop. Wouldn't stop. He was just telling us he was like he wanted to be an animator. He was like drawing on the side. We talked yeah. about movies and stuff. That guy was really cool. Gave us a little doodle. <laughs> he just that was drew a cool us guy. a little picture. I wonder funny. if I still have that. Did I save that? I, I mean, if you saved the fucking thing I wrote you eight years ago, that's true. I sure hope you have that doodle somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. <laughs> um, I really loved. So, at one point, um, uh, I have to Chelios. I have to keep looking at his name on my computer. <laughs> Chev, <laughs> you don't have to. You Chev can just say Jason. At one, <laughs> at one point, he uh, has an inkling that his girlfriend might be in trouble, so he goes to like rescue her, and he, she does not know that he's a a, a killer. She thinks he's a video game designer, ironically. There's, there's sure. the, th- the theme again, though. Yeah. Interestingly enough, yeah. Um, but th- this this joke of, like, having to distract her so he can go kill people that are trying to kill her and then going back to her over and over again, mm. I, I just think that's really fucking funny. I do like the bit where the guy shows up and he at the apartment and he's got to 
kill him silently. Yeah, oh, that's funny. And he, he like the girlfriend. He spills her purse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then mm. goes to kill the guy in the background. And then he comes back and she's like, "Help me with this." And he's like, just helping her put stuff in the purse. Like, there is a really mean spirited gag in this where I went ooh, and when I saw it, and it's when he's in the cabbie with the first guy and then he steals the guy's cab what does he say to the cabbie on the when he throws him oh, no, he thro- I, I, so, wait a minute wait a minute yeah. wait a minute wait a minute yeah. I, I was like i was saving that for a segment at the end called what's age the worst oh no okay okay because <laughs> i was like that's because th- i think we need to decide let's just do this now all right okay it's what's age the worst i have some nominees okay uh when he's you know at the drug den and he goes to the guy uh, i have to kick some black ass yeah, uh, you, who wants some white meat? I think it's a follow up. Yep, right. Uh, you know the the stereotypical uh, Mexican accent on the part of the villain. There's some high tech sci fi Chinese shit. <laughs> I like that line actually. It's kind of funny. I think that one's not gonna win. Age no. the worst because I like that line a lot. <laughs> public sex in Chinatown. Oh uh, well, we public sh- rape in Chinatown, debatably. I'm not. I'm not a fan of public sex uh, or public rape in Chinatown, of course. But I am a fan of public sex in Chinatown. So apparently, okay. a lot of those people uh, were everybody non-actors. watching. Apparently, was <laughs> they a were fan not. Of what? <laughs> because apparently, they did not know. Oh my! That this was a movie, or that they, you know, they were just sort of walking by, and there were some people getting filmed. Fucking. What the hell? Hmm. Oh uh, I God. can't. I, I have to assume that most of the people there did know. I yeah. have to assume that maybe there were some bystanders who didn't know. They didn't close off the roads, though. They're just some passerbys. But I'm Everyone... sure they weren't actually like fully naked either. Well, I hopefully, hope... eh... hopefully, yeah. I, I hope they didn't actually have sex for this movie, unless they wanted to. I guess, and in which case, I guess it's fine. But it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's yeah, anyways, a little weird. <laughs> uh, and I guess the last one, uh, yes, when he throws the cabbie out of his own cab. The uh, the Middle Eastern or the, Muslim cabbie. Yeah, the, the, the Middle Eastern cabbie uh, throws him to the ground and then points at him while shouting, Al-Qaeda, as a bunch of old women descend upon him and start beating him up. They break his arm. Yes. The yes. final cut, they snap his arm and then you cut to the next. I'm like, ugh. I think yeah. that's that's number one with the bullet. Yeah, that's absolutely the worst that thing. And that bad, was the one yeah. that made me go, oh my God. Yeah. Whoa. Now, yeah. granted, I mean, 2006, I mean, we were just talking about, obviously, 9-11. Like, that was a time where there was a lot of Islamophobia. Yes. A lot of it. Yeah, 24 was the biggest show in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, definitely the, aged very badly. The the black ass line, <laughs> even though, yes, it hasn't aged well. That I When I saw it, I, I read it more as, like, he's trying to get these guys to beat him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, it's, yeah. It's, it's like not, the eggplant scene in... <laughs> In true romance. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. And you're part cantaloupe. <laughs> you're a cantaloupe. <laughs> God, that's a great scene. Nick, have you seen that scene? I know. Oh, Nick. You. You're part eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a cantaloupe. And they go that <laughs> <laughs> over the top. <laughs> Oh, Nick, it's the best scene ever. It's a good scene. It's like Dennis Hopper is like the dad and Christopher Walken is like a, 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 a mob boss. And like Dennis Hopper's like like being interrogated by Walken, but he's trying to like get Walken to kill him so he doesn't have to reveal the information. It's so good. It's so good. There's so <laughs> okay. many layers to that scene. It's unbelievable. 
Um, I think best scene Tarantino's ever written, in my opinion. I'll have to check best it out. Best scene Tarantino's ever written? I think so. Either that or the the uh, the pub scene in Inglorious Bastards. Hmm. Those would be my two. That's pretty close. Yeah. That's probably my favorite scene in Inglorious Bastards. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. That's hard. Just uh, rent some good scenes. So, so during that scene though, where he says, uh, you know, when it kicks some black ass or whatever, during that fight that ensues after he says that, that's when we see an external shot of the building he's in again, and the building bulges like they're like like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon, like when yeah. you're fighting inside of a box, right. <laughs> and that is like very jarring and hilarious when it happens. But that's one of those details, like, it's just, it happens every so often in this movie. It's like, there's a consistent, like, sort of, like, like again, like, adrenaline-fused craziness, but it never quite veers into Looney Tunes gags, except, like, sprinkled here and there and there, and that's right. one of them. And it's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> every time it happens. Um, And then, yeah, so, so, I mean, what happens here after, I suppose his girlfriend finds out that he is a killer. Uh, for real because he does admit it to her but she doesn't really believe him she thinks he's trying to break up with her uh, and when she finally learns what's really going on because she walks in on him in the middle of a gunfight um, I remember this guy like comes up and he's like he starts yelling at him in Korean and she goes don't you talk to him like that my boyfriend kills people <laughs> <laughs> I love that line it's I like she just bought into this <laughs> I love this whole warehouse scene, by the way. I love so how good. he starts to, when the gunfight ensues. There's no there's no real place to hide. So he grabs uh, Pedro, who's been uh, uh, hanged by the neck. Uh, and he's just in a chair at this point. So he takes the guy <laughs> and uses him as a human shield. Just doesn't give a shit about him at all. And yeah, I'm also like trying to figure out. I love it. I thought I thought I, he's in. I thought he was in Crank, too. Yeah, he is. I don't know how that works. What? <laughs> I was going to say, no, he's dead. He's very dead. In they're, they're all alive. I, <laughs> Jason Statham falls out of a helicopter. You can yeah, survive that. He, yeah, well, you so yeah. So it's I like just, a, a five minute free fall. So Nico. Kalo <laughs> dies in this movie. Yeah. Crank High Voltage takes place minutes after this movie ends. And he is in it playing, it says two characters, Venus slash Kalo. So I'm wondering if they did one of those classic gags where it's like, oh, I'm not Kalo. I'm Kalo's brother, Venus. And he's like, well, I'm going to call you Kalo. And he's like, okay. Uh, I wonder if that's where they're going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> classic. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. From like Beer Fest. Do you, you guys ever see Beer Fest? No. Yes, I have. They do the exact same joke. Beer Fest mm. is fucking hilarious. It's a yeah. stupid movie, but. It's the eye of the Jew. <laughs> Literally, the guy dies, though, and then, like, two minutes later, his twin brother comes in, and they say, in honor of him, we're going to call you whatever his name was. And he's like, sounds great. And it's the same fucking character. Nothing changes. It's so funny. It's uh, good stuff. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and then um, from there, he basically makes a deal with this guy who drugged him to go... Uh, you know, he, he says, if you give me the antidote, I'll give you your brother's medallion that I stole from his body, from his corpse. Mm -hmm. And they meet up and a big gunfight breaks out between uh, the Mexican cartel and the Chinese cartel, basically. That Statham planned. 
Sure. And it leads to a big fight in a helicopter between Statham and the guy who drugged him. Statham pulls him out of the helicopter and they're all both falling to their deaths. And this fall, first off, it looks terrible. Yes. <laughs> is the worst, by, by and large, the worst looking scene. It's just him in front of a green screen. Yeah. Just sort yeah. of waving his hands. Yeah, right. right. Well, that's, it, that's got to be the point. And though, it's, it's right? obviously a joke at, at that sure. point. I mean. It's fine. It works. He's just on the phone. Like, you could just. Right. And he has time while falling to not only choke this guy out and have a whole conversation with him, but like choke him to death, Mm. hop on the phone to call his girlfriend, listen to her whole voicemail message, which is like 40 seconds long or some shit, and leave her like a heartfelt message. Finally, he falls, hits the car, and we cut back and see him lying on the ground, blood coming out of his face, and his heart beats. And he blinks. <laughs> yep. And the movie just ends right there. And is the implication that he's dead or like they nope. just figured we're going to imply that he's dead unless we get a sequel, in which case we can figure out a way to get him back. Um, Crank high voltage. All right. I mean, obviously, I know that he returns for the second one and I know like they wrote their way. The out story of it. follows ex hitman Chev Chelios, who shortly after surviving a deadly fall on the streets of Los Angeles Right. I won't finish that sentence, but I don't know how you survive a deadly fall. He fell from a helicopter. I mean, and if, li- if you survive lived. the deadly fall, then it's not really a deadly fall, is it? Kind of an oxymoron. He's the exception. Mm. Right. I'd like to comment, like you know, he's kind of like talking the way we are right now as he's falling. Right. You know. I love you, love. I love you. By the way, you wouldn't hear a fucking thing <laughs> over the phone if that was actually happening. You ever try to have a conversation while you're like out in the wind? Yep. Yeah, if we like got a, a car day. with your windows down, <laughs> forget it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> if I'm by a pond and there's a little bit of a breeze. And this is like, a 2006 what? Nokia phone. Oh, it's <laughs> a flip phone. I just, the, the the artificiality here was just so funny, guys. Like I was just cracking up. It just it. I it's a perfect care. ending. It really is. It and really the is. fact that he blinks, like there's not even like you know at the end of uh, Inception, there's like oh is it a dream? Oh no fucking wink and nod here. They're like yeah, yeah. he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just I love I, it. I'd like to comment uh, on um, uh, Jason Statham's stunt work just for a second because. I think they actually hooked him up to that helicopter before, obviously, he was thrown out. But mm. that looked like he was actually hanging off of a helicopter. Apparently, he did all his own stunts. Mm. Um, do you think that the hard-on was actually his? Mm. Do you think that I was mean, an actual stiffy? You think it was? <laughs> that's impressive. That's an impressive stiffy, yes. Certainly. Yeah, that's a... Bo- both both in, in uh, command and in, in uh, size. Endurance? All of it. Very impressive. What's the name of those people whose jobs it is to jerk off the talent before the take? That would be a fluffer. Yeah, a fluffer. You think he had a fluffer? No, I think he's his own fluffer. I think he does his own fluffing. What if he demanded a fluffer? I guess you could find room in the 12 million. The Rock would demand a fluffer. Certainly. I mean... I think the director serves as fluffer in the, in the Dwayne Johnson movie. <laughs> I think the Walt Disney Corporation serves as the fluffer there. That's the real drama. There's behind. plenty of people you only, fluffing the rock. Don't worry Dwayne, about Dwayne, you only need to have a... <laughs> I can't do the scene unless he Sorry, fluffs me. I just, I just realized he's Dwayne with a rock hard Johnson. <laughs> what I just thought of in my head and it cracked me up. Ooh, I, I had to interrupt my own comment with that fucking joke. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, Dwayne, you only need to be hard for about two seconds for one scene. <laughs> no, I need a fucking fluffer. Just like, oh man, he would. Yeah, that's a that's an extended sequence of this movie. Statham is just fighting with a boner. <laughs> so good, I love it. Oh, uh, anything else? I just I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie's a. This and movie... here's the thing: as stupid as this movie is, the fact that it gets a sequel, yes, and the fact that it made so much money. I mean, yes. I'm actually very excited for next year to cover Crank Two, <laughs> High Voltage, Got- Crank High Voltage. Guys, I'm sorry. It's not a bad movie. <laughs> no, I, I really it, love this movie. I was it, not joking. It's so stupid, but it yeah. is just such a delightful time. Yeah, it's good stupid. We're back to another one of the good stupid entries. I'm okay with this. I mean, it's it's strange how many filmmakers like this movie, too. It's big. You know, Edgar Wright is a huge fan Edgar of this. Edgar Wright's a huge fan. Yeah. I, thought, I think I saw that uh, yeah. Seth Rogen Seth is Rogen, a huge yeah. fan. Gareth Edwards, I also read. Gareth Evans, movie. not Gareth. Gareth Evans, I'm yeah, sorry, not yeah. Gareth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, there we Six, go. Yeah, let's play a game. How many Drew Garrett? All right. Uh. Stave them, right? We haven't done them yet, have we? I don't think so. I don't think we've ever done Stave them. Do you um, need to check the list? I, I, no can, I can take a quick peek. What other movies? I mean, Ghost to Mars, we might have done him. Now that I'm thinking about mm, it. You might be right, actually. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. We actually. could always do Dwight Yoakam. Or the guy from Lincoln Park. What's his <laughs> name? Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington. Let's do Chester Bennington. Why not? Let's go for it. You want to do Chester? Mm. Yeah. Chest. But what if we do like, I don't know, a Transformers movie? What? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Oh, true. There's a lot of Lincoln Park. Yeah, there's lots of fucking Lincoln Park. Or is it in the actual movie or are they in the trailers for the movie? No, they're always the end credit songs. They're always the end credit songs? Yeah. Every Transformers movie ends with a Linkin Park song? I believe... I know for a fact the first three do. Goodness gracious. So. Have we done Statham, Nick? I, I don't see him on the list. Okay. Jason when you Bart. said Ghost to Mars, though... we I feel did, like we might have. Pam Greer would have been the only other one. Or Ice Cube? Yeah, we might have done Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. I think we did Ice Cube for that one. Okay, so maybe okay. Statham. Jason Statham, net worth. On this Cranksgiving. Mm. Who's going first? I'll say eighty million. Ah, uh, I'll say eighty. All right. I'll say it's about half a Drew. Half, yeah. <laughs> half a Con- Drew. Confirmed. Ice Cube for Ghost of Mars. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, I was going mm, sixty. Sixty million. All right, and Nicholas. I'll go a hundred million. Ooh. Okay. A little high, but. Actual net worth of Jason Statham. 90 million dollars. We have a tie! Uh, I thought about going 95. God damn it. Damn. Wow. Wow. 
Not bad. Um, Nick, I'll let you have this one. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Not getting into the tie-breaking bullshit. That's Giving up enough of my morning for this podcast. <laughs> I should to- mention I skipped out on football for this. Yeah. I did. I let my team down. You mean... You mean- you mean football came up after we planned this? Certainly. Yeah. And you texted us last night asking. I did. I did. Clear. Yeah, we never No, I d- I've, I've, I've moved We're the not schedules. heartless here. We didn't force you to skip football. No, <laughs> I, I, I shuffled the schedules enough already, but, but still, I wish we could have made it work for you. My team was still down their superstar quarterback. and <laughs> well, um, It's a shame. For it's that, shame. I apologize. You, your quarterback? There. Yeah, should have seen me out there last week, Adam. You can throw a ball. Should have seen me. Well, it's kind of mm. like the Jets, you know. <laughs> it takes a lot of inspiration from the Jets. Like right. Leonard Bernstein directed, directing the New York Film Harmonic. Oh, man. Just, I mean, just masterful conducting. The maestro, they called me. They called me the maestro. Actually, I call myself the maestro. Do you insist on us calling you maestro? I, I'd appreciate it. All right, maestro. I mean, it's just masterful work. On the gridiron yesterday. What was your best last week? What was your I, best play? <laughs> I, just, I will I, call you maestro if you call me chef. <laughs> One touchdown, zero interceptions. So, you know, I think my completion percentage was around 60%. Hovered around 60. What was the final score? We won the game. By how much? A considerable amount. What does that mean? I think we played to 50. Maybe we played to 60. We played a very long time. I think it was like sixty to forty-two. Might have been the final score. All right, like all right, that's okay. No, it was it was pure dominance. I mean, <laughs> it truly was. I mean, the, the, I, I was all over the field last week. You know, just like yeah. little corner, just locked down corner. <laughs> you're just, just pass just, rusher, just blitz the quarterback a bunch. You're just made not, him sweat. Just not a football player, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> As the, as the last, show off the cannon. I mean, the last thing. Pinpoint accuracy yesterday, man. Just like Aaron Rodgers asked. I know I've asked this. This I feel like I've asked this a billion times already. But what is Nico's ideal sport that fits him perfectly? Mini bowling. Bowling. Yeah. I'm a horrible bowler, though. You are. I'm a terrible bowler. You've got the body of a bowler, though. Uh, I do. That can't argue with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like how I'm meant to be a horse racer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the way it is. It's the way of the world. But then Nico would be losing all of his bets on you. <laughs> That's what would happen. Yeah. yeah. You know who's a great bowler? Abigail. Great. No, she's not. <laughs> Have you seen can her? Settle down with the great. That girl can fucking bowl. Oh, stop. Jesus. I've bowled with Abby before. It's nothing special. I have never. I've bowled with her, with you. She's never lost. She won that day? Yes. I, I can beat her. <laughs> Ooh, Nick's a pretty good bowler. Yeah, I'm pretty confident about that. And Zach's an okay bowler. Oh! Made contact with Zach this week. You did. I did. Wow. Sent a carrier pigeon over there. Was returned in Morse code. No, he's good. Zach's good. So I went to uh, 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 the, uh, the local deli that Zach used to work at. Okay. And I we ordered some sandwiches or whatever. And on the menu, it said the Zach. Apparently, yeah. there's still a sandwich named after Zach at the at okay. the local deli. All right. And uh, so my brother ordered it. So I texted him and just let him know. My brother ordered you. <laughs> <laughs> and he responded. I was very confused, but yeah, he's he's good. 
apparently he hates the military. Not fun. He says, I would not recommend joining the Navy. And I go, duly noted, sir. Take that message to heart. All right. Hates that. Can you make sure to withdraw my paperwork? that from this episode please Why? <laughs> because that's not that's his fucking job dude what? that's like if i said i hate my boss and you sent it to my boss <laughs> don't do that <laughs> nick called if you boss. wonder why zach doesn't interact with us anymore there it's we because we're airing his dirty laundry on the podcast you remember that time when you called your boss a motherfucker nick <laughs> like come on <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll remove it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zach's good, guys. That's good. Zach's good. I'm glad He's, to hear that. Loves his job. Loves his job? Loves being in the Navy. Oh, that's good. Happy for him. Enjoys that lifestyle a lot. <laughs> so he's not dead. He's the ru- still alive. <laughs> the, rumors, <laughs> the rumors over all these years. And rumors of, my, of his death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh Zach's good. So there's a, another little Thanksgiving message. We're very thankful for Zach and the troops. We love the troops. <laughs> My brothers in the military, too. Don't forget. We love the troops. Wishing, uh, wishing the military a very happy Thanksgiving. For the record, my younger brother hates the military. <laughs> <laughs> for the public record. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just wanted to let you know. Okay. He does not like it. Uh, Zero out of ten, guys. <laughs> happy Cranksgiving. Happy Cranksgiving. <laughs> I love you so very, very much. Next week, it's the holiday season. Dooby dooby doo. What are we doing? Princess, Princess Switch, Switch right? Part Three, coming next week. How many more of her can they bring? It's never enough. Mm. Hudgens returns. Can you imagine mm. if they just replaced the whole cast with her? The, just, the, oh, the they're Hudgens going there. Verse. They are going there, man. <laughs> Continues oh, next week. Uh, can't wait for that. Love the holidays. We're in the sweet spot, boys. We're in the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, do listen to the movie Hall of Fame this week. Uh, we did Cranksgiving over here. On the other show, we're doing Hanksgiving. <laughs> Hanksgiving. We're going to try to make that a yearly tradition, too. Just talking five random Tom Hanks movies. No rhyme or reason. Mm. We just picked five that we like, and we're talking about them. So take a, a listen to that podcast, uh, Hanksgiving, on the movie Hall of Fame. And uh, please do have a, a very happy, healthy, and safe uh thanksgiving however you may be celebrating we if love you, d- you so much if you decide to deep fry a turkey turn off the flame before you put it in measure your oil yeah. correctly and be mm. careful don't deep fry your turkey please <laughs> don't do it don't uh leave it to the professionals don't kill grandma on thanksgiving please yeah, don't like... start grease fires please um and uh be careful all residents of connecticut with your legal sports bets <laughs> don't place too many parlays am i projecting on you yes i mm. am don't bet too much and <laughs> stay out of the stores on Black Friday, you fucking morons. Knock it off. Just get the TV the next week. You're an idiot. <laughs> he's still projecting is the problem because he's going to be in those stores. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for you all. But in the meantime, you've been so very, very naughty. No. no. no.